Well, Steve, this is a couple weeks in a row where we've had some uh, been able to do the Steel Target Paint podcast, and and today's no exception. But uh, before we get started, uh, have you been doing any shooting? Absolutely, Jeff. This past weekend was a great weekend. I was able to take two brand new shooters. Uh, they've had very very limited experience, and I introduced them. The Steel Challenge, and boy, that was a very rewarding experience. Uh, had a great time. I've heard you uh, you did some shooting this past weekend yourself. You got some news to share, huh? I did, and uh, I was able to uh, shoot um, Iron Sight Revolver and Open Sight Revolver. And uh, tomorrow morning, because we're recording this on a Tuesday night, uh, If uh, as long as the match director paid for it, um, I will be part of... Uh, Club 13, and uh, I was actually lucky and squeaked a B in those uh, classification, or a B classification in those divisions, so uh, 2019 is going to be trying to raise all those uh, centerfire pistols uh, at least one class, but the the revolves will be at the end of the year. <laughs> I gave it back to the owner. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I reached out to somebody after our last podcast. I'm going to have some action done on uh, the trigger to my 929. So maybe yeah. we can uh, join you in that classification increases this year. Well, I think that's going to help uh, on top of uh, not only the trigger pull, but uh, as I remember you and I talking, you had something like 56 light strikes throughout the entire match. Yeah, at some point I stopped counting. It was... <laughs> The numbers just but got you know, so high it wasn't worth it. But you know what, Jeff? The great thing about our community is if you ever tell anybody that you've got a problem, there's more than a 1,000 people coming up with 2 million recommendations of what you did wrong. So I've uh, weeded through all that feedback, and I think I've isolated the issue down to two things. So I appreciate everybody that gave me some feedback. Was Did any of it have to do with your trigger finger, or was it all the gun? <laughs> <laughs> of, Jeff, of course it was the equipment. It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about Club 13, and, and you made it last week, and uh, and I made, I'm made. i going to make it tomorrow. But, you know, prior to both of us, um, our, our guest this week actually uh, is in Club 13. Uh, you know who we've got today? Absolutely, I do, Jeff. You introduced... Okay, you're going to have to edit this part, Steve. You broke up. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, say that once more. I said, Jeff, do you want to introduce him? Uh, I'd be happy to, Steve. Um, everybody listening, we've got Jake Martins from the USPSA, and I'm going to let Jake actually give his title. Uh, and Jake, what is that? And welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Um, well, my official title is Director of Media and Events. Um, but that doesn't cover everything I do. So uh, we just kind of shorten it, and a lot of times you'll, you'll see it referred to as DME. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake, let's actually start out with how long have you been shooting in the USPSA? When did, you, when did your shooting career start? Um, I actually shot my first competition match in 1999. So this is my 20th year of shooting competition. Um, and that was a IDPA match. I did not shoot my first USPSA match until 2004, um, which was the uh, Indiana State match. Um, 
I went in and shot limited 10 uh, with a single stack revolver and 10 round mags because that's all we had. We didn't have a single stack division then. Um, and I pretty much exclusively shot USPSA um, from 2005 until now. Um, some still challenge, uh, a little bit of multi-gun, um, but mostly USPSA. Great, yeah. Um, you didn't shoot quite 13 divisions at the World Speed Shoot, but uh, you shot a number of them, didn't you? I shot nine at uh, World Speed. So can I, you know, I was working Pendulum, and uh, can I share a funny story uh, when you came to our stage? I think it was the last gun you were shooting. So um, was, this my, was, was this my production division run? Yes, it was. Okay. So, um, so, you are more than welcome to share the story, but I, I will preface this by my best time was the last run. Yes, it was. And so... <laughs> This is Pendulum, and this is the end of the world speed shoot. This is Jake's ninth gun of the match, and he gets up there, and, and he's just having trouble hitting all the plates. And he looks at me, and I think his time might have been a 16 or 17, and he looks at me, and he goes, what happens if I just shoot the stop plate? I said, it's going to be your draw, <laughs> it's gonna be your draw time plus 12. He looked at me and went, Really? I went, yeah. He drew in about a second and a half, and he took a thir uh, 12 and a half or a 13 and a half into the score, and he was beaming. <laughs> <laughs> it so, beat no, the two ends before that where I had reloads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah, other than a miss. Those days. Yeah, other than yeah, a miss what, on what the you don't know is I, uh, Yeah, I, I did the same thing on five to go uh, later on. Oh, yeah. Was... <laughs> Steve and I, uh, I really, have a great joke where I we say the, uh, you know, the worst thing you can hear on a, uh, a steel challenge, uh, string is of course you've missed, but the second worst thing is uh, nice reload. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I really, really struggled with my production division run at, at world speed. I shot carry optics that morning flight with the Walther PPQ, um, and then I just, I switched top ends to the iron sight that had the red fiber optic front on it, and I could just, I was treating it like a red dot, and it was a, it was a long, long afternoon. Well, the good news is, is you got through it, and it's over, and, uh, and, uh, and we got a good story out of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I went, when I went to, uh, Area 2, um, this, uh, Right at the beginning of December, um, Eric Leach and Art Leach were were gracious enough to and very eager to watch me shoot their revolvers um, to get into Club 13. And you want to talk about two completely different setup revolvers between <laughs> between Art's uh, optic sight revolver and Eric's iron sight. Art Art has the the grips on there that have it where it pushes your trigger finger out, um, it's not, it's got this big hump on the side of it. Um, mm. and it, it was, yeah, it was, it was not, not fun to shoot. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> and 
I really, really appreciate the masochists that shoot revolver division in USPSA and still challenge. It's just not for me. I mean, it's a, it is a, it's an amazing discipline to be able to, to run a wheel gun the way that those guys do. Um, and I love them for it, but it's just, man, when somebody tells me and asks me if I like shooting revolver, I'm just honest with them. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jake, you did some shooting, uh, started back in the, the late 90s, and then you started getting into USPSA. So how did it, how did you transition from shooting USPSA to getting a job with USPSA? Um, so in 2008, uh, the section coordinator for Indiana was stepping down in the, the position was available, um, which really is a it's a volunteer position in the section coordinator. Depending on how active they are within the section, can kind of make it a little bit more of a task uh, of being the the uh, single point of contact to kind of help the clubs. So that position kind of became available, and I said, you know, I throw my hat in the ring to do it, and that was taking over running the Indiana section match. Um, which was going to be my first really kind of stab at, at match directing. So I, I did the section coordinator position from 2008 to 2014, um, the end of 2014, um, and ran the Indiana section match. We also did the Indiana single stack production match, um, and then the SNS 400. So there was, there was one year where we ran three majors where I was the match director. Um, that kind of gave me a little bit of exposure to helping clubs, organizing RO classes, and then putting on big matches. Uh, I went and I worked the 2012 Nationals as an RO and um, met some of the staff from the office at that time. I came back and worked the 2013 Production Nationals that was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma that year. Worked the registration desk, um, helped kind of just, you know, being a gopher and going around and doing stuff, and offered to write some articles for the magazine at the time to cover some of the matches, to turn in some articles uh, over the Indiana matches. And then in 2014, I went back to work the, uh, the Nationals that was out in Utah. Um, and at the time, the club coordinator position, or Troy McManus was was running that position, but he was going to transition into the director of NROI. So that part-time sure. position was going to become available. Um, and they were also looking for an assistant editor of the magazine. And, you know, I had, I had written a half dozen or so articles, so we kind of worked out a part-time position for me to come in and transition into um, being the assistant editor of the magazine and the single point of contact for the clubs. Uh, it just kind of progressed from there. Um, when Mike got elected, the first year that he was in office, I was still in a part-time kind of mode, but was traveling quite a bit more. So we, we sat down to figure out what it would take to make this a full-time position. Um, was kind of, you know, we, we go back and joke about that my title is Director of Media and Events. I, I didn't realize that events was pretty much anything that you read, see, touch, look at, talk about. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> reference to. <laughs> is it easier to say? Of... Maybe it's easier to say what you're not responsible for. <laughs> the P and L and the IT. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, um, Foley, hey, no, Foley, I, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I bring a different, I bring a, a kind of a different skill set to it because I've ran matches, so I know how to, to build stages, and I know how to recruit staff, and I, I can help Troy with that part of it. Um, I've ran practice score from registration to scoring on the ground, so I can, I can be insight into uh, Rick in the IT position and working with practice score on, on things. Um, I've, you know, I've written articles for the magazine so I can help people with that. I've helped with setting up new clubs and run and getting RO classes put together and bringing in new shooters and training and stuff. So, um, being a section coordinator, I learned a lot. Putting on matches, I learned a lot. So I, I can kind of bring in a lot of different references um, to kind of assist in areas. So it's not just you know writing articles and taking pictures for the magazine, um, but I, I do a lot of that as well. So is the position you have today a full-time position, Jake? Yeah, I've been uh, full-time. This will be, um, well, actually, January will be two years of being in a full-time role with USPSA. Okay. Now, is this an elected position, or is it, it sounds like it was something you applied for that you were awarded and your responsibility grew. Is that correct? Yeah. So... Um, I originally interviewed for the position through uh, the, the previous administrative staff in 2014 um, and was hired in November of 2014 in a part-time role. Um, and it's just kind of grown from there. Um, and then when Mike, yeah, when Mike came in, you know, then we sat down and talked into the first year about what we were going to do and how that kind of transitioned into year two. Um, what it would take to do this as a full-time position. So what we kind of, we added some things to it. Um, so I handle, you know, the trade shows and uh, the national events, the national sponsorship program, um, along with the club contacts. So we kind of combined a couple of positions into one overall kind of thing. Um, but it's kind of grown into some stuff. So when we look at like the advertising part of USPSA and the national sponsorship program, we tie a lot of that stuff together. We tie a lot of programs together um, and package it for companies. So they're not just going to buy an ad in the magazine and then they're just going to be a sponsor at nationals or they're going to be part of a, of a preferred vendor program. We try to package things together for the company so they get the biggest return on investment when they partner with USPSA. And that's that's kind of been the goal um, with me going full-time is, is that we're, we're marketing USPSA, not just the clubs and the shooters, but also within the industry. Excellent. Gotcha. Well, you know, um, so, you've got, you know, again, you, you hit on a lot of different things there. Um, I think one of the things that people don't realize too is is you are the editor of the Front Sight magazine, but that magazine is filled with articles contributed by the members. Um, I mean, yes. I've been fortunate enough. I had a couple articles in there, and you know, it's it's if you want to bring notif 
uh, or notoriety to your club or to your match, it's a perfect opportunity. Um, and could you talk a little bit, you know, about how much it really is based on member articles? It is. It is a hundred percent member contribution. Uh, all the articles are ones that, are, if it's a match article, it's somebody that's participated in the match as a member. They are writing it from their perspective. We have some guidelines. Um, there's actually on the website a contributor's guideline um, that kind of gives you an idea of how to go about writing it. Um, I, I pretty much encourage anybody to send in match articles or an article about their club or an article about a person. Um, and we, we work through all that stuff. And the first thing we tell them is is that, you, you know, you don't worry about grammar, don't worry about the proper structure, any of that stuff. I mean, if you've ever read one of my emails or my original kind of articles before they get um, handed over to the more polished person who does that for us, they're, they're tough to read. I, I've gone back and I've read some of my articles. Um, and I was like, that's, that's not what I wrote, but it sounds a heck of a lot better than what a heck of a lot better than what I what I was trying to say. Um, so there's a lot of people that will probably remember uh, Val. Val used to work in the office. Um, she was an English major and English teacher before she retired from USPSA. She worked in the office for quite a few years, and she was actually the assistant editor of the magazine during that transition. And they knew that Val was going to be retiring, so that's how the position became kind of available with the club coordinator part of it. Um, Val still works on contract for us. Um, so she edits and reviews every article that goes into the magazine. So part of my role as the, the editor is, is that I collect the articles um, and I put them in a nice little Dropbox folder that Val pulls up and she still prints them out. She still goes through them with her red pen. Um, she will then retype them and put them back in there. And then the magazine is put together by Steve Rommel, who uh, he is the, the owner of Ghost Creative. He is a third-party contractor for us. And he does all of our visual and magazine layout. So the three of us kind of build the magazine um, for the six times a year that we do it. And but all the pictures, all the articles, the information, that's provided in there is it's all contributed by the members. Um, what we ask is, uh, like, if you're somebody wants to do a, a product review, because we get those from from people sometimes, is that um, we need to know about it ahead of time. We need to make sure that they're not um, associated with the company in any way, shape, or form. You know, doing some type of very favorable ad promotion instead of an article review. Um, if it's a match article, we just need to know about it ahead of time so two people aren't covering it. Um, normally, they'll just work it out with the match director and contact me and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be going to uh, the, the Florida State match this weekend. Can I write an article? And normally what I'll tell them is, is you're more than welcome to write an article, run it by the match director. He signs off on it, send it to me, and we'll read through it and make sure everything makes sense and we're not, you know, we're not the writing something that doesn't make sense and, and it normally will make it in the magazine. We got 84 pages that we work with. So um, sometimes things get cut, sometimes things get moved to um, a different month just depending on what we're trying to get out. Um, it actually happened, Jeff, with your article. We had to push it to the next yep. issue 
because um, we were we used the magazine to do a preview of Nine Days of Nationals. So um, I have a I have a very loose calendar of the six issues of what we know is going to kind of go in each one, or which matches that I know that I'm going to be going to that that I have already agreed to cover for some of those match directors because. I do have some match directors that will reach out to me and say, hey, can you come and, you know, shoot the match and do an article? And and, and uh, I, I try to work that out. Sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I try to do some of the area matches uh, if they need help um, or even some of the new ones that may be popping up to kind of get them a little bit more noticed. I, I just shot the, uh, the Miami Open this past weekend and I had worked out with Manny and Cork that I, I would do an article for it. Um, this is the second year for that match, and it's kind of growing, so kind of help them boost it up a little bit because it's a nice kickoff to the year. Um, so you know, we do we do some of that stuff, and when I'm there, um, I like taking pictures. Um, I, I drag out the big Nikon and try to take pictures at matches uh, as much as I can, so we can put that on the, the social media pages because you gotta you know you gotta keep feeding those to keep people engaged. So they like seeing the images of their shooting on on the social media pages. So we like doing that as well. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, one of the best shots of me at uh, at a steel match, and it was at uh, the World Speed Shoot, uh, has uh, me with my uh, lead star, and there's a, a great picture because the case is being ejected from the uh, the uh, the upper, and you took that picture. And uh, it's was that, actually was that the area, was that, that world speed or is that the area was that world speed or is that area six? You know what? I think you're right. I think that might have been area six. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was still a great shot, and the and the brass is coming out and being ejected, and uh, and I love that picture. And, and you know, you go through a lot of people don't realize if you if you're on Facebook and you like the United States Practical Shooting Association Facebook page these photos get put up there and there may be photos that never make the magazine, but that Jake has taken or other people have taken and they get posted up there. And, uh, it's pretty cool to go up there and see, not only see yourself, but see your friends and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the cool things about you know, the cameras and the technology that's out there is uh, that I can rip off, you know, six, seven, 800 pictures at a match. Um, and I try going through and doing where I'll post two or three or four in sequence of a shooter. So you'll get one with with the slide back, or you'll get some brass in the air, or you'll get you know a little bit of muzzle flash, or you'll get kind of a, a static one where the, there's nothing going on. So they can go through and you know I'm too lazy to watermark them. Um, so you're it's real simple to grab them and use them on your social media. I'm also too lazy to put them up in the uh, the, the small format so if you download it you're probably still getting a one or two megapixel um, or meg picture that you can even print and do stuff with the way I look at it is is that you know I, I'm getting paid to be out there and do it so I don't expect anybody to pay for the use of the photos um, part of your membership you know you, you, if you're at a USPSA event your image can be used um, so we're not selling them to anybody um, feel free to grab them off there use them as your profile picture tag that it's at a USPSA match. Um, and that's the other thing too is that there's a lot of people that go out and they, they do, they got their phone up, they're running videos of their match 
um, they have somebody taking pictures of them shooting and they're posting on their social media pages. If you tag um, at the USPSA, um, I see that stuff, whether it's on Instagram or it's on, on the Facebook page. And we share over as much as we possibly can. We just have to make sure it's appropriate and there's no you know, banter going on in the background that you wouldn't want your mom to hear. Um, not that that ever ever happens at a match and that the pictures are appropriate. <laughs> Doesn't slow Jeff and, down. And, yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, trust me, there's, there's videos of me shooting that will never see the light of day. <laughs> so, so, Jake, but, Jake uh, you run but, I mean, those you are, run all those are, those are, Yeah. I, all, the, all the social you media. You run all, all got, the social media? Yeah, so we have the the Instagram pages are the at the USPSA Instagram page. Um, there is a uh, Steel Challenge Instagram page as well. It, it's not seen a lot of activity. Um, we're we're going to try to build that up in 2019. Um, and then we have the at the USPSA or US Practical Shooting main Facebook page that has 202,000 followers on it. Uh, there is the Women of USPSA, Juniors of USPSA, um, and the Steel Challenge Facebook page. So there's quite a few of the Facebook pages that are out there. You'll see a lot of stuff that we share back and forth. Um, we also use it to make uh, announcements. We normally will put up uh, you know, any kind of, of information that's also announcement on the USPSA webpage. Um, so if you, if you want to stay engaged, um, we use all of those mediums out there to get our message out, whether it's about match announcements. Uh, when we released the new rules uh, back on January 1st, we kind of blanket every aspect of social media when we released the mobile app. Um, and there's still actually scheduled posts that will hit, because I'll go in and, and I will schedule, usually on like Monday or Tuesday, I'll sit down and schedule five, six different posts that'll hit that tie into some of our preferred vendors or will be a reminder of a match coming up. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, Mike and Gary and, and Rick and Troy, they all have access to the pages, but I can't get them to do anything on there. Um, so <laughs> I'll tell them you said that. Oh, I'm, I've told them. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's some other, there's some other people that have access to the pages that help us out from time to time when they're at matches. Michael Brooks, um, it's kind of my, my right-hand guy when we do nationals, and he runs around doing a lot of pictures and videos. He does a lot of the Facebook Live for us. Um, so he has access to the pages, and sometimes he'll, we, get, uh, we get a lot of member engagement or new shooter engagement that will do a Facebook message on the main USPSA page. And uh, sometimes I don't have access to turn around and answer it real quick. So, you know, Troy sees those and, and Mike, and he'll answer them sometimes, and, and Michael Brooks does it as well. Um, but we get a lot of comments. We get a lot of likes and shares out of that. And it's, it's, a really, it's a really good way. I mean, I can track and tell you almost on a daily basis how many people have, have looked, liked, shared, the engagement level on our social media and then even kind of can track it back to how many people have clicked on joining USPSA that day. And I can go into our portal and look and see how many people have actually joined 
from um, either Steel Challenge or USPSA where they where they created a new membership. So you know, if I look and see, we had a we had a post reach of somebody's video, the five thousand, and those five thousand views, twenty people clicked on the website link, and we had five new members. We can kind of make a correlation of, hey, people are seeing this stuff and they're liking it. Now they're going and joining it because they're seeing it on social media, and now they have an avenue to find the website, how to join. So it all kind of it's one message that's out there. You know, this is. That's why we yeah. use the hashtag, the hashtag, this is USPSA, because how many times when you've gone and you tell people, I'm going to a USPSA match, You're like, what's that? So it was just kind yeah. of a natural thing. This, the hashtag, this is USPSA, so you see Jeff go and shoot a match, he tags it, and now people hear, oh, that's what it is. How do I, how do I get involved with that? Sure. So, sure. Jake, just to be clear for everybody listening, you know, if you're if you're posting the videos, if you're posting pictures of matches you've been to, uh, matches you've just shot, uh, they should be tagging those posts with at the USPSA, and that way you'll yeah. see them. And with the uh, if if it's an appropriate post, it'll be reposted on your pages. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So the best way to get the the for us to see it and to get the the likes and shares out of it is is to do the the at the USPSA. If you do a hashtag USPSA, I I follow the hashtags as well, but a hashtag isn't necessarily what's going to pop up first for me to see because it's based on how many people are viewing those things. So the at the USPSA where you actually are tagging us. It's how I will get a notification that says a person commented, mentions you, or it actually on social media, on Facebook, it comes up and says um, you can link right to where somebody mentioned the the USPSA. It's the same with the Steel Challenge as well. Um, that is uh, that page. I should actually look real quick so I don't tell anybody wrong. Well, so Jake's looking, at, Steve. Let's make sure that when we post this uh, this uh, onto Facebook, we we make sure we cl include that. Jake does a really good job right. of uh, of reposting our podcast uh, notifications, but let's make it easier on him. Absolutely. Um, and so the yeah, so the still challenge is at still challenge. Okay. Super. Yep. So everybody out and, there listening, when you've got your pictures, got your videos, make sure you use those. Those tags at the USPSA and at Steel Challenge, and uh, there's a good chance that you may have your videos and pictures reposted uh, on the USPSA page. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make you uh, semi-infamous. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you mentioned earlier about you schedule a post. Do you use a party tool, or do you use the one on uh, Facebook pages? So when I when I first started doing this, um, I was using Hootsuite, and uh, it, it was to me it was kind of cumbersome. So the way I have it set up now is I I just manage the pages directly from either my phone, the app, or on the on the computer, and I'll just go in and schedule the post. Um, most of the time, I'm I, I can actually do I'm more effective on my phone through the app than I actually am on on a computer. Um, it just gotcha. seems easier for me to go through and do that um, because I can I can go through um, 
like when we just did the announcement of when World Speed Shooting Championship uh, for this year's registration opens, I'll put the announcement up and I'll just go in and automatically share it to all the groups that I'm part of. Because I'm, I'm I don't know, 97 different groups, either area pages or section pages or your guys' page or the Empire race gun page. So I see all that stuff that's on there because um, I'm a member of all those. So I'll just I'll just blast out sharing it and I just do it from my phone. Oh, cool. Cool. So is Steel Target Paint the official paint of USPSA and Steel Challenge? Yeah, so a, a great relationship we have with, with Larry. Um, and Zach Jones introduced me to Larry. Uh, and he came out to, um, I want to say it was the 2016 World Speed Shooting Championship is where I actually met him in person. Um, and that relationship actually is what kind of led to the preferred vendor program. Um, so Steel Target Paint is kind of two things. They are part of the preferred vendor program through rangestore.net. But they are also, when we put a World Speed Shooting Championship on the ground for um, the Nationals, um, he is the official paint of USPSA or official paint of Nationals or official paint of the World Speed Shooting Championship based on his sponsorship and donation to the match. Um, and normally what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll do some kind of buy one, get one, or a discount or something like that um, sure. to get enough. Because when we put World Speed Shoot on the ground, I mean, I think we went through 50 cases of paint, which we don't we don't expect anybody to donate that much paint for a sponsorship. That's crazy. So, you know, but Larry, Larry was awesome. He was actually bringing paint to us because um, he keeps a couple cases in his vehicle with him. And he was like, you guys need some more? And I'm like, yeah, just, just build a sport and we'll figure it all out afterwards. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that, that relationship of, of what we were doing with them and how do we get more exposure to companies that are wanting to support USPSA or support the clubs or the members, um, the website is set up to where we have a we have an agreement with Multiview and Multiview does the banner ad sales on it. So we don't handle the banner ad sales on there. It's rather expensive to go to a third party for a company to be listed on a on the banner on our website. Um, and we only get a very small portion of that payment back. Um, and I'm the type of person where I've never really ever clicked on any of those banners on any website I've ever been on. So I look at the preferred vendor program as an opportunity where somebody can directly market to our membership. So there's a web page that's listed as preferred vendors and you click on it and these are companies that have, have paid a small advertising fee to be part of that program um, and part of that is that we share their social media stuff. So every time Larry puts something up or Brian puts something up for Hunter's HD Gold, um, MGM targets, SMS casting, blue bullets, um, CMP targets. Like right now, CMP targets, um, they're advertising 15% off their SHOT Show discount rate and you don't have to go to SHOT Show. So they're a preferred vendor. So sure. every time they post that, I share that over to the USPSA main page. Um, so that's kind of how that agreement works is it's just getting exposure for these companies. Um, and, it, and it's worked out very well. There's been some companies that have already said, yeah, we're in for next year. 
because um, it's a 12 month thing. So whenever they signed up, it ends after 12 months. Um, so it kind of varies throughout the year, but we've already had companies that are back on saying, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. Um, then we have some, some other agreements uh, where we have the actual, like with federal, federal is the, the official ammo of USPSA where they produce the, the three Syntec action pistol rounds that are actually logoed USPSA. So they are, their agreement with us is a little different um, because they're paying for the licensing use of our logo, which is a trademark logo. Um, and that was a, a relationship that, you know, we developed over, we're coming into year three um, with that, where they reached out to us with some, asking for some information about, you know, what's the most popular rounds, um, explaining to them how power factor worked and kind of developed this ammunition to be competition ammunition. So that's, that's how that relationship came about. We have some new ones that we're going to be working on for 2019. We're going to roll some of it out. I've talked with a couple companies about doing an industry partner thing where that is uh, kind of more direct marketing with some of the bigger companies um, and looking to see what kind of benefits we can get from members through that and get some exposure for companies that are making guns specific to competition shooting. Um, a lot of the sure. manufacturers have seen, I mean, when you go and you look at, I mean, we just blasted out all the information about the new Walther PBQ Q5 steel frame. That is a gun built specifically for USPSA competition. Um, the CZ Shadow 2 was a gun that was built specifically for competition. Uh, so we're, we're rolling out some of these programs and to see if we can partner with these companies to help. You know, when you open up, open up the box, we're, we're trying to get it where you open up the box and there'll be a card in there saying, you know, this gun is approved for USPSA production. Here's how you find more information about USPSA. Sure. So. Uh, two things. One is back to 2016 World Speed Shoot. That was uh, that's when Larry and I first got together. That was the second match we ever been to together, and I was a newly sponsored shooter with them. And that's the first time I met you. Uh, it was Dave Savigny, you and I, shot in a right. squad in that afternoon on Thursday. I remember that <laughs> like it was yesterday. <laughs> Good yeah, well, you, know what was, so, you know what was awesome about that is I, I told Dave and I was like, hey, I'm going to treat this like I'm taking the class from you, but I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've shot with Dave quite a few times, and man, he was coming out of the holster. I think he was shooting production, and he was shooting sub two-second smoking hope, coming out of a holster in production, Jeff. It was unbelievable. I mean, yeah, that would it, it'd be. been a... It was a couple of, I don't know, it was probably a year or two since I had shot with him. And I'm like, holy cow, I thought he was good back then. And I was just glad there was an average guy like me shooting with him. So I appreciate that, Jake. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Dave, uh, if I remember it correctly, um, he, was, he was going for the production win. That was one that had kind of eluded him with the FN 9L. And yeah, uh, yep. I mean... Yeah, so so my whole my whole plan of learning how to shoot steel challenge from Dave, because um, he had to get in and get out, he had some other obligations. Um, I pretty yeah. much we just stood there and all and watched him shoot and realized that I could never do that. 
that's right. I did want to fall back up on the vendor program. I saw a recent announcement. It's probably been, I don't know, maybe it's been two weeks or so that USPSA partnered with Hunter's HD Gold. How did that come about in the relationship with Brian? Um, well, through Larry, um, I met Brian um, at a couple of different Steel Challenge matches and and had seen you know guys wearing the glasses and stuff, and, and Brian came up to me and, and said, hey, I want to send you some glasses to test out. And it was one of those things I was like, well, you know, that's fine. I said, but, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing prescription glasses right now. Um, I'll be more than happy to look at them and see what we can do, you know, if, if I like them and stuff. And he had sent me, uh, you know, the, the Archer. Um, there was three, three pairs that he had sent me. And they literally sat here for about three months that I, I just didn't really have a chance to do anything with it. I had been struggling with my my prescription on my glasses switched back to contacts um, kind of specific to shooting and that I could also sit here and look at a computer screen and tried them at a local match and really liked them and then when we went to world speed this past June you know Brian was like hey did you try them I said you know I tried them at one match I really didn't get to use them that much and he handed me another pair and said, yeah, go shoot, go mess around and shoot with them today. And I did. And I actually, that's when I shot Rimfire um, there at Talladega and put down my personal best time. Um, went back over to him and I was like, you know, the, the red dot, uh, the, the fiber optic that's on my Rimfire iron sight pistol, I was like, it, it was just like crystal clear. Um, I shot Curiosics yeah. and put down my personal best time with it. And... I, just you know, same thing. The, the the dot that was on there was just crystal clear, and, and if anybody was at that match, the sun didn't let up <laughs> at all during the match. But we also shot right up until dusk, and I just left the glasses on all day. So I went back over to him, and I was like, "Let's figure out what we can do about these glasses." <laughs> um, and I went, you know, the next month I went and I won my I won a class at, at Area Three. And then I came in second at the Illinois section shooting karyotics. And the only thing I changed was putting those glasses on. And it was it was like the perfect combination. Um, so seeing Brian at all of these matches that he had sponsored and worked with, he was like, I really want to get more involved. What, what can we do? What kind of program can we put together? Um, and we worked on it for about a month of, of figuring out just exactly what the right placement would be, how it would work out, um, how it would be uh, if we were going to do a you know a fee for every glass is sold at a match that was he was sponsoring, or if we were going to just have him pay us for the use of the logo. Um, so we worked out a couple different things, um, sat down, kind of went over what his budget was, what we would need to to make it beneficial to do the promotion for him. And to allowing the use of the official eyewear of USPSA is still challenged, and we announced that on January 1st. Um, so it's been, you know, Brian. I, I want to go back and think he sponsored like 28 matches, or actually he was at 28 matches yeah. last year. And he sponsored 35 matches. Yeah, he 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 definitely got around in 2018. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and part of the, you know part of this is is that we're looking at 
being on the ground together at quite a few events for 2019 where he's going to have his his motor program set up where if you want to come and wear a pair of his glasses during the match to try them out um, to also be there with him to try to do some other demos with the federal ammo and some other things that we're trying to work on to to be on the ground together at a lot of places because one of the things that Brian actually helped me with when we go back to the social media side of it is Brian did a ton of videos of still challenge matches that, that I was not yeah. that we shared um, and he did a lot of live podcasts um, from the ground there that was all shared over so we got a lot of, of extra social media um, content because he was on the ground so it was a natural fit it was and it worked out well for him um, it has worked out very well for the competitors that are trying out his glasses that matches they're finding the, this brand of glasses the you know like I said in the article that I wrote there's gold in those glasses because the clarity that you get out of them is just amazing and I've gone through I've gone through prescription shooting glasses I've gone through um, some of the other brands that we're all familiar with that you've got to change lenses out I've had you know I've had the Oakley's I, I've had prescription Ray-Bans I've gone through all this. I've worn glasses since I was in fifth grade so um, and now that I'm you know 46 years old I'm going through that that other part of the deteriorating eyesight stuff so oh, I'm 46 years old I'm almost a senior yeah. this year okay Jake I don't want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> The AARP keeps sending me information in the mail. It's it's depressing. <laughs> no, Steve and I both know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, we both wear them and uh, and and swear by them because you know the the whole concept. I think you know what people don't realize is you know their their tagline. They change so you don't have to, and you get into those l lower light situations and you can still see in them without a problem yeah i you know how many times have we been at matches that start at 7 30 7 45 in the morning where it's still dawn or we're we're leaving the range at 5 30 6 30 at night where dust started to set in they're they're literally all day and i've not i've worn them i've not taken them off um and not had to worry about it i've actually caught myself driving home from the range and i'm and because with how they change, you know, I don't need to put on another pair of glasses. Yep. And, you know, if I didn't, you know, one of the things that Mike and I talked about was is that we're not going to endorse any companies that don't have good stuff. And, you know, this is, yeah. this is good stuff. Brian, Brian, you know, I got to go to the plant there in Alabama and see the process that they make these lenses and what they go through and how many steps that they go through. And um, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I can't speak highly enough about that relationship with them and how supportive he's been, not only of the shooting team, but of Steel Challenge and USPSA matches and how, how heavily involved he wants to be um, in helping people with this, uh, you know, solution to having glasses that work for shooting. Hey Jake, it's Super. a it's a running it's a running joke with Jeff and I, but I have to throw it in there. Uh, Jake, I'm not sure, but Jeff will tell you that I've got a home range. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There every, it is. Everyone, he sneaks it in. Yeah, every single time. I'm, 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 
I'm well aware of your home range and that you've recently had it lit. Um, you know, so that's exactly where I was going. And you know, this daylight savings time, I've got to work for a living. So, you know, when I've got the lights lit up, I've got about 15,000 lumens behind me. The glasses still make things pop. So it, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, I have gone through, um, there's, there's a lot of companies that are out there that make glasses. There's not a lot of companies out there that make shooting glasses. Um, right. And, I, you know, and I've gone through, I've got prescription Ducat glasses that were made for me. I, I've had, um, you know, I've spent a small fortune on eyewear to try to get the right things. And, and two years ago, I went to a progressive bifocal of my normal daily wear glasses. So it's been a very big struggle. It's one of the reasons why um, I'm shooting a lot of carry optics versus iron sight guns because it's been you know, it's, it's been eye opening how how my eyesight has gone. Jake, Jake, no, no, it's Jake. It's <laughs> stop right there. It's simple. Dots rule. Okay, it's just it's that simple. Dots rule. I, I am I am right now. Uh, I've had a conversation here recently about um, what dot I would put on my carry gun. So if that gives you any idea of what I'm going to be shooting. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Jake, 2018 was a huge year for the USPSA and Steel Challenge. Um, let's start a little bit and, and just kind of give a recap of the World Speed Shooting Championships. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at the time of that match, it was the largest steel challenge match ever held. Is that correct? It, as far as amount of guns shot, for record, it is the largest steel challenge and world speed shooting championship on record. Wow, that's great. Yeah, before that, East Coast Steel Challenge, I believe, had... 525, 530 guns. I'm sure Zach will correct me. But uh, we ended up with just over 630 guns for 2018. We, you know, Talladega was a new location for us. Um, they came to us about we want to hold matches. And uh, Mike and I traveled down there and met with Joey Hardy um, and went over the space and talk to them about, you know, what we need for nationals and what we need for World Speed Shooting Championship. Um, they don't have the bays for a USPSA Nationals Championship um, because, you know, it takes about 25 bays. They don't have the bays right now, we'll say that. Um, it takes us about 25 bays to put a USPSA Nationals on the ground. But World Speed Shooting Championship, it was perfect. Um, the way that it was laid out, they would already ran the Alabama match there. Um, for two years, so it was, it was a great fit. Um, and with the way the bays were laid out, with the the background, the berm in the back, with the green grass that was on there, the white plates just, they stood out. I, I don't remember how many records were set this year, besides being the largest, but as far as times and, and division wins, um, I mean, it was the largest, and I believe the most records set all in one event. And we are very, very happy about going back there. We moved it up a month. Um, we've changed the format just a little bit. 
because we know we ran very long with too many guns in the afternoon. So we've actually we've decreased the size of the match, which sounds a little crazy um, when you think about it, because normally you're going to say, hey, we just had the biggest event, let's make it bigger. But we've actually decreased the size of the match with how many guns could be shot in the AM and PM flight, just because we know we ran too long. And we moved it up a month so it'll be a little bit cooler because um, it did get kind of hot there in the afternoon. Uh, so we are looking at uh, packing that event again, um, especially now that people know just exactly what the range is and how it looks and, and how inviting CMP is. They are a great partner, and that is a beautiful facility there. So I'm, I'm excited about going back there for May. Registration, um, Zach's got it all set up. Registration starts on February 1st. I want to say it's at 6 p.m. on that Friday evening. Um, we're, the sponsor packages are starting to hit for that match. Um, we're, we're blowing some of that information out. We're, we're getting this, some of the sponsors back that we had last year. We kind of give them first right of refusal. So SIG is back as our title sponsor. Um, we're going to see what kind of side match or challenge that they're going to come up with. We have a meeting with them next week at Chat Show. So really, really looking forward to it. And I got a very, very funny feeling that um, at 6.01, Zach is going to be uh, scratching his head wondering, um, you know, how many guns are going to get signed up right away <laughs> and, and get people in. Yep. Um, but it's going to, it's going to be uh, – so Wednesday is going to be uh, – a staff day in the morning, um, but we're going to allow a certain amount of competitors. I don't have that number in front of me. That competitors will be able to shoot on on that Wednesday a.m. and Wednesday p.m. slots, but it's it's going to be reserved also for staff. If you're interested in, in staffing that match, and um, Troy McManus has the staff package together for it, and it's part of the social media release. There's a link on there. You can click on that. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are a.m. p.m. flights, and I believe it is eight guns in the a.m. and ten guns in the p.m. Last year we did ten and twelve, so we're reducing it by four guns each day um, on each one of those flights just because the, the time frame. You can't start shooting at the CMP range until 9 a.m., so we lose an hour of time where you would normally start at eight, but there's a um, state law about uh, about when you can start. So this will work out, and then we'll, we'll shoot Sunday morning and then do the award ceremony um, after that there in the clubhouse at CMP. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, Last year was my first one, and, uh, and um, I was fortunate enough, uh, at least I consider myself fortunate enough, to come out and actually help set up. And I'm hoping to do the same again thing next year and being involved a little more. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people like the classic one was outer limits last year. Everybody looked at outer limits and they went, there's no way it's right because the right. 35 yard plates were on like two foot sticks and right. then they'd get in the box and they index and they went, okay, that is right. <laughs> but that again is the key. Uh, you know, this is a world championship and, and I know we were out there measuring and moving boxes because they were off by three inches and right. that meticulousness means something. And so uh, I'm looking forward again to it this year. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, Mike and I and Gary and the staff 
um, with Troy and Zach, you know, specific to World Speed, but nationals in general. Um, we don't put on matches anymore. We want to put on events. We want to put on an event that you are coming to that includes the overall look and feel and the atmosphere of a match. You know, I mean, you can go and shoot an eight-day steel challenge match at your local club on a Saturday morning if you're lucky enough that they run all eight stages or they run six. That's a match. When you come to World Speed Shooting Championship, that's an event, and that's what we want to put on. Um, and CMP is an, is an excellent host for that event. But, you know, you mentioned nine days of nationals, and I shot um, the optics portion of it. Um, can you just give, because we've got a number of people that, you know, yes, we're predominantly a, uh, the Steel Target Paid podcast and, and, and Shoot and Steel uh, Challenge, but we do have a number of people that shoot USPSA. Why this year did you do a nine days of nationals? What was the, the, the thought process behind that? Well, we're nuts. No, we had sat down um, over about a two-month period of time and had really just kind of beat a bunch of ideas into the ground. Do we do three nationals? Do we do four nationals? Do we split out these two divisions with these two divisions? And, and how do we get the capacity that we want to get? And what capacity do we need to make sure that there are slots? And um, where do we want to go with these matches and, and what range can hold? I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on. You know, where the hotels at, where the ranges they can host it. So there's a bunch of things that are going on. Um, we kicked around doing iron sights and optics again um, and how that would work out. And, and really, to be honest with you, at Iron Sight Nationals 2017, at a dinner, this idea kind of started. Michael Brooks and I left that dinner driving back to um, the hotel where we were staying at and we're kicking around the idea of what divisions can be put together in a back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back format. Because one of the thoughts was, let's run all eight divisions at the same time. Um, but you're really limited on how many people you can get into that match. So I sat down with a notepad in the, in the hotel room and just kind of shouted out some ideas and, and put this on paper. And then Mike and I met the next morning and looked at it and said, all right, let's, let's fish this out a little bit more. The two biggest things that I was looking at is, is that, um, one, I wanted to be able to get new classifiers out of a nationals event. And the only way that you can do it and get consistent high hit factors is that the stages stay the same for all eight divisions. So that was number one. Number two was that um, when you look at if you put nationals on three different times in three different places, the expense is huge. I mean, the expense to bring in one staff person is covered by six to seven entries, depending on how much hotels cost. So for every one staff on the ground, it takes six paid competitors to cover that cost. You do that three times and you start seeing just exactly how expensive it is for us to put a nationals on the ground. Right. The other part of it, the other part of it was is that it was a natural fit for these divisions to kind of be grouped together and what sponsors would go with them. So when I look at how we put divisions together, I also look at who's going to sponsor what. So we put the optics or the high cap or, or however you look at it together. Um, and it just kind of broke down where we knew that that 
SIG had already came to us saying they wanted a piece of this match, so we put the optics together. The factory gun was a natural fit for CZ with single stack and production. Factory gun is kind of a tradition uh, name for the production and um, division match that was originally rolled out as the factory gun nationals in 2000. Um, and then limited is, you know, STI has owned that division for years. So it, it just made sense on how the divisions broke down and what we would get out of it. Um, and then the kind of other part of it was is that I had went to um, one of Dave Jenkins and Shannon Smith's matches and then came back and shot a different one where I saw they had taken a stage and then by moving some fault lines and walls create a brand new completely different stage but with very little work, right? It didn't take a huge amount of time to recreate this new stage. So that really kind of was like we can have three different matches keep the classifiers consistent, but you're going to be able to go and shoot a different match every three days. And there were it a number worked. of people that shot all nine days, as I remember. Yeah, there was um, 87, 84, 87 people that shot all three of the matches. Um, wow. And, and they will tell you that, you know, it was, it was three completely different matches. Um, People that came in and just shot one of the matches or just shot two of the matches got to shoot two separate nationals in a six-day period of time. Um, there was a lot of people that were surprised that they came out with some pretty high hit factors off of the classifiers that we introduced at the match, um, which was, was part of the goal. You know, these were match condition classifiers, and we got nine. We got nine new classifiers out of in, in one year. We hadn't introduced any new classifiers in over five years. I sh I mean, I shot the, I shot the optics and, and, uh, and we've actually used some of the ones I personally liked a number of them, um, because they, they started incorporating some movement, which is more in line with what the field courses require. Um, and I'll say it right, right now, was, if, if you want to stop having Virginia count classifier, that's awesome. Comstock is fine, Jake. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so uh, there were some people who dubbed it the Reload Nationals um, <laughs> because there was, you know, there were some forced reloads in some of the stages. But each one of the stage, each one of the classifiers, the, there was a very specific design intention behind it um, that either was including movement or was including strong hand, weak hand. Um, two of the classifiers were ones that uh, Aaron Bright, who writes quite a few of the articles um, in the magazine, but he runs an indoor match during the winter months here in Indianapolis. Um, a lot of our classifiers don't fit in an indoor range, but we have a ton of indoor ranges that are now active with USPSA. So two of those classifiers are designed to be narrow and fit on an indoor range. Um, Ray Hurst designed one that you know really has you thinking about you know which targets you're going to shoot just kind of like you would in a match you know these are what's visible this is what I'm going to shoot so um, and then one of them was actually kind of made up on the fly that the wall sections in the drawing didn't quite work on the bay that it went in um, so it made it in uh, surprisingly enough it made it in it's, it's one um, it's the one where you start in one box and run to the other one and then you start in that box and, and run back to the other one and everyone was like, well, no one likes to run backwards. 
yeah, but we do it in matches, so yeah. why not put it in the classifier? <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, Jody uh, Jody Human had one of the uh, the one that is uh, the condor, where it's box to box, and then you start in the middle box and go to the next box. But you know, you you you're freestyle to strong hand, freestyle to weak hand. Um, so they're they're testing a lot of the things that the old classifiers used to, but now there's the added movement. Um, that's in there, but there's still a strong hand, weak hand, or a forced reload. No, it's great. I, I, uh, you so, know, we got to shoot 22 stages, was it, at Nationals? Yeah, yeah. so the optics match had 22 stages, um, and then we had to lose a stage for Factory Gun Unlimited. Um, one of the stages that was doubled up in one of the bays was just causing the match to drag a little bit. And the way the targets were set and that if somebody that was uh, height challenged was aiming up, they actually could put a round over the burn. So we, uh, we lost that stage and you ended up having 21 stages for the second and third match. Excellent. Well, yeah, we've actually, you know, um, at the local matches, uh, and I believe at the state match, um, we're going to be shooting one of the new ones. Uh, uh, what is it called? I like that kind of clarity. I think is something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, one of the things that that some people caught and not a lot of people caught was the stage names were kind of weird, and nobody really understood that. There was a, there was two people that actually got them before the match ever started, and then some people caught on. But um, I am known for all of the Indiana section matches. Stage names were either movie quotes, song titles, or a combination thereof. Um, or the match was a theme that all of the stage names were quotes from a movie, or all of the stage names were quotes from a specific band or song. Um, so when you sit here and you think about how are you, how are you going to name a match that takes three days? The only thing, when I Google searched it, in case you're wondering, um, Three Days of the Condor came up, which is a Robert Redford movie from, like, 1972, so not okay. a lot of people have seen it. <laughs> but there is a very interesting dialogue between him and a hitman that's in there, and most of the stage names are actually just certain parts of dialogue from that movie, so that's where it came from. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so so somebody can go back and and do a Google search on Three Days of the Condor, and you'll actually see where a lot of the stage names came from. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, Jake. In 2019, what's new and exciting for USPSA or Steel Challenge? Anything you can reveal? Um. Well, a couple of big things have already happened. Obviously, um, the part times uh, for Steel Challenge have already been re been released, um, so that's already taken place. We, we've got the World Speed Shooting Championship that's coming up. Um, there are already quite a few level two and three tier two and, and three Steel Challenge matches that are on the calendar for 2019. We've seen a huge amount of growth in that. There's going to be some numbers that are going to be released coming up at the board meeting, which is uh, second week in February. Um, that we're going to be covering, and then that'll be released in the minutes. Um, but the the amount of activities that we've received out of Steel Challenge is 
it's huge. You know, when the numbers are released, you guys are going to you're going to be you know amazed at the amount of growth that we've seen in there. And I'm sure Zach probably already shared some of that. Um, and I would give you those numbers right now if I remembered them from my talking about them yesterday. <laughs> so it's not for a lack of one; it's a lack for of uh, remembering. <laughs> I, I well, the number I remember, I don't want to say if I'm wrong because I don't want to gotcha. be I don't want to be over. But uh, it's it's let's just say you know from 2016, 2017 to 2018, you know we've seen double digit growth each time with wow. Steel Challenge. And we've seen more and more um, members that have joined USPSA that are only participating in Steel Challenge. So it, it right now, um, I mean, it is it is red hot. You, Steel Challenge is, is just full steam ahead, and we're going to get behind it as much as we possibly can to really kind of bring more people into what Steel Challenge is. I, I want to do a lot more coverage of it for um, 2019. It's, it's tough to write a match article on Steel Challenge because, um, you know, the stages are exactly the same and, and, you know, how it's kind of shot and stuff. So it's going to be more live coverage. It's going to be some more, um, you know, photography from the matches and stuff. But we want to get on the ground as much as we possibly can at Steel Challenge events. Plus, you know, I, I've never been a, a gigantic steel challenge shooter. It's nothing like I said, you know, I focus on USPSA, but if you're a USPSA shooter and you want to work on draws and transitions, go shoot steel challenge. Oh, absolutely. Because because if you want to save time at a USPSA match, it's not shooting faster, it's transitioning faster. And you will learn that in steel challenge better than anything. Um, we also have uh, Multigun Nationals is what's going to kick off our big event this year. Well, we're partnering back with Shannon Smith at University Shooting Academy um, with Polk County Board of Tourism as our big sponsor that is helping support that match as well um, with the event around it. Uh, we go from that to the World Speed, and then we have a little bit of a break until um, we go into High Cap Nationals, which is sponsored by SIG. Um, and is going to be back at the Southern Utah Practical Shooters Club there in St. George, Utah. Um, great facility. We're glad people love going back to Utah. It is a beautiful part of the country. If you shoot like crap, you're still going to enjoy standing on the bays and looking <laughs> at the surrounding. You know, the, the scenery around it is amazing, and it is a great vacation destination as well to go to to. Zion and the Grand Canyon and all the things that you can go and do. The High Cap Nationals is broke down into two back-to-back. -back. So you've got PCC um, and Open will be the first three days, then there will be a break, and then the next three days will be limited to carry optics. Um, then we take a little bit of break for the month of October, and we roll back into Universal Training Academy for Low Cap Nationals, which is going to be production. Um, and limited 10 will be uh, together in the first three days, and that starts in November. The first first week of November is third. Then there's a break on that Wednesday, and then we fire back up with single stack and revolver, the classic nationals. Um, and again, it's we move that back um, two weeks into November. Um, it puts it a very very good vacation time for families. There's a ton of stuff that is going to be going on in the Florida area. And the Polk County Board of Tourism is going to be offering us the discounted tickets 
to get into all of the Legoland and Disney and all the other things that are going on down there. So it's a if you come in and shoot one match and want to stay the rest of the week, there's a bunch of stuff that you can go and do. Like I said, we you know we put these events on the ground. That's what we're looking at as, as an event. It's just it's not just a three-day match. It's an event. It's it's a national event that um, you you should be getting your money's worth out of. That's that's the plan. Um, you know, I, I I have gone and shot nationals quite a few times, um, single stack nationals and some of the other ones, and you know they were kind of lacking on the event side of it. The matches were great, but you know when you when you're hauling your entire family around or you want to go out and and spend time doing that, we might as well put on a pretty good show. And hopefully that's what we're doing. And we're working on all the sponsorship packages and programs with that. We're finalizing some of that stuff, and then that's what the trip to Shot Show is for us. Is we're going to sit down with some of our, some of the companies that support us, and roll some of the packages out in front of them, and, and get the sponsorship stuff rolling for 2019 as well. We we had 2019 calendar planned. Um, we started working on that in June of last year. So we already had nine days of nationals on the ground and contracted multi-gun nationals and then started working on the format in June and July of what we were going to do for 2019. So it, it's not, it's, a, it's an ongoing, I mean, we just had a conversation yesterday, um, Mike and I did, about what we're going to do for 2020 and how we're going to break out the matches. So it's, it's not a last-minute kind of thing. We're, we're pre-planning as much stuff as we possibly can. Well, it's definitely exciting. You know, um, I, I shoot in, in both disciplines as far as Steel Challenge and USPSA, and, uh, and I enjoy both of them. Um, I have to admit it's become – USPSA has become even more fun now shooting a PCC um, and being able to put my iron sight guns up for a while because uh, – Again, like I said, dots rule. Uh, but uh, I, I think everybody. Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's there's some good PCC matches that are coming up this year that we're partnered with JP. Um, oh, excellent! There's the yeah, there's the the Southwest is in February out at Rio Salado. The Midwest is in Sellersburg, Indiana, in May, and then uh, Shannon Smith is working on a date for the Southeast JP PCC match, which are all going to be level twos instead of level threes because a level two you can do a little bit higher round count so you can push the round count out there and see if we can get some pcc guys to reload <laughs> well you know i have one of those 57 round mags so uh uh it's it's if i got to reload that then that's one heck of a stage <laughs> so well jake thank you very much i really appreciate you being on and i know steve does too steve you got any last questions for jake no, thanks again, Jake, for uh, being on the podcast. Uh, uh, Larry and I will be out at Shot Show and uh, look forward to linking up with you. Yeah, yeah, we got to uh, definitely. I think Brian's going to be out there as well, so definitely meet up. Um, well, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate what you guys are doing to help with Steel Challenge and get the word out there, um, and especially the partnership that we've had with Larry with Steel Target Paint and with Brian and Hunter's HD Gold. I know you guys are, are part of those teams, so thank you very much for that. All, All right. right, everybody, if you if you want to order something out on rangestore.net, we do have Steel Target Paint and Hunter's HD Gold. 
Use discount code STPODCAST10 to get 10% off your order. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, guys.